0: This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, and welcome to a new year of self work. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I'm Dr. Margaret. I'm a clinical psychologist out of Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I started podcasting a little over a year ago because I wanted to extend the walls of my practice to reach those who might be in therapy, might have had treatment in the past, but for others who might not ever darken the door of a therapist, but are a little curious about what someone like me would have to say. On my Facebook page last week, I asked people what topics they'd like me to talk about this year. Things came up like road rage, procrastination, how is work exhaustion different from laziness, decluttering, hypochondriasis, fear of abandonment, finances, making judgments about people. So we have a lot to talk about. But today, I'm going to start off talking in 2018 about what I'm most passionate about, and that is a syndrome I call perfectly hidden depression. I have several podcasts on it, beginning with numbers three and four, but if you scroll through the list of podcasts, you'll see some others. We'll talk about what perfectly hidden depression is, and today you're going to hear from real people who have written me about their perfectly hidden depression. And today, we're going to have an email from a listener, which is a regular feature on the podcast. Someone who found herself in the description of perfectly hidden depression, but is using pot every day in order to function. She has lots of past trauma. So we'll hear from her today. It's great that you've joined me. Thanks so much. And we're going to be talking about perfectly hidden depression. It's been three and a half years since I wrote my first post on perfectly hidden depression. I wrote it one afternoon, just simply in my sunroom, writing my regular blog post for the week. And when I published it, I was amazed. I got hundreds of emails from people, especially when it was published on the Huffington Post. People from all over the world, and they've reached out to me. In the last three years, they've taken the questionnaire, they've listened to this podcast. And they want to help with my research. You know, I've laughed that I'd have to stop seeing patients myself in order to have the time to really talk with each and every one of them. But I have tried to email them back and at least thank them for getting in touch with me and letting me know that this concept really speaks to them. So what is perfectly hidden depression or what I'll call PhD? I thought that you might like to hear the answer from those very people who've written to me. Their words are no longer my words, describing a syndrome or a condition that I've conceived of. What follows are the words of people, the voices of people, who are busy creating a facade of the perfect life, while hiding loneliness, exhaustion, and despair. I've learned that some people are very well aware of what they're doing, but others are only beginning to realize, perhaps for the first time that they are growing more weary of keeping the secrets that haunt them. The stories that I chose today are not the most dramatic examples of what I've heard. Things like people holding a gun to their head or considering some other way of killing themselves before they wake up. The only thing that stopped one man was a text from his wife. So these are not some of the more dramatic examples Yet these voices speak very clearly of the vast difference between what the world believes and what these people know in their quietest of times about themselves. If you want to take the questionnaire about perfectly hidden depression and to see how you identify with it, I believe it's in episode number three, or perhaps number four, but I think it's in number three. Sorry, I can't be more specific. I'm learning that the more podcasts I do, I have to really think what they contain. (laughs) But anyway, here are the words of Casey, a woman in her 30s. I'm almost embarrassed to be depressed. I feel like if I went to a therapist, it'd be wasting their time. There are people out there carrying much heavier burdens than I am, certainly. But I'm starting to think I need help. My sadness is sort of a constant thing that I deal with, like a low-grade headache that you can forget about sometimes. And some days I feel great, but then something will happen to tip the balance, and I am lost. Ever since my dad passed away in July, it's been so much harder. I want to sleep all the time. I don't want to take care of my house, but I do, since I don't want anyone to see it messy. I don't want to go out with friends, but I do, so they don't think I'm ignoring them. I even feel angry a lot over dumb stuff. I have never, ever been an angry person but I don't want anyone to know it. I almost can't make myself not be happy around others, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm wearing a mask when I'm out in public. I work with high school students, and most of them spend a lot of time in my office because I'm really good at letting people talk. No judgment or advice, just an ear. I think most of my friends and family like me for just that reason. They like Casey the listener, Casey the sympathizer, Casey, who doesn't make fun of you. But they have no idea how there is this constant ache in the pit of my stomach or how tears are right there behind my eyes. I don't think they would even want to hear about my problems. They like to talk about themselves. And 99% of the time, I'm okay with that. You can see how Casey works very, very hard to create this persona of someone who's a great listener, someone who can help, a helper, a doer. In fact, I have someone with perfectly hidden depression right now who says, I'm not a human, I'm a dooman. (laughs) But all of that persona, that facade, can hide deeply troubled feelings. Here are the words of Jordan, a man in his late 40s. It's like a constant undercurrent, invisible to most casual observers. It doesn't seem to characterize me. I'm a smart-ass life of the party and all that. But it's still there. And when it comes out from time to time, people around me are shocked. I've achieved far more in life than I expected. I'm 47 and was the first member of my family to graduate from college. I've had two failed marriages. Both divorces were the result of hidden despair. I mean, the marriages themselves were the byproduct of my despair. I wasn't emotionally close to either wife. I thought I could be successfully married while managing the relationship in some rational way that would let me remain strong, or at least seem strong. And I didn't want to be alone. I wanted the negative to go away, but I denied it. I have secrets I've kept from everyone. I've never trusted anyone enough to fully confide in them. I keep myself distracted with adrenaline feeds from triathlon training. It's still there, this thing, always. I find I need to consistently shift my focus away from death. I'm fixated on it as a target. I don't plan to hasten its arrival, but I'm not doing much to keep it away either. And in my darkest moments, I realize I'm not that special. I believe there are millions more just like me. I think Jordan is right. I think a lot of people have ideas about life ending and it just sits there and gnaws at them, gnaws at their ability to find true happiness. And a lot of that is due to the fact that they keep so much of themselves secreted away. If you are finding yourself in these words, then perhaps reading more about Perfectly Hidden Depression or listening to those podcasts will be helpful to you. And the last words are from Robin. She's currently a student. So you know a little of my past. I'm the daughter of a drug addict. My mother did pills all my childhood, and it was what many would say very traumatizing. I still have a problem believing this because I also see this as normal and would tell myself things were not that bad, and I was just being sensitive and went on with my life. I always worked hard in school to have straight A's. I have a habit of caring for others and trying to make sure they accept me and think I'm great. As irrational as it is, anything less than perfection makes me hate myself. Yes, I'm the student who got a 104 on a biology exam and was upset that I missed one bonus question. I would cry in my bathtub over getting a B on a math exam and even hit myself when I got a low B on a stats exam. If I'm not excelling in school, I feel worthless, pointless, and frustrated. I can honestly say at this point in my life, I don't love myself. I love only the part of me that is capable of achieving great success. The part of me that is responsible and can take care of others. The part of me that is put together. You may know these people. Maybe she's your kid's teacher, your hanging buddy, or your classmate. Maybe you are just like them. Maybe you also try to hide, to look put together. You focus on others. You avoid painful emotions or vulnerability. You're the person who's successful at whatever you do. But you don't have to hide. The people above wrote to me because they felt understood by what I had written in my blog posts. They were either thanking me for writing about perfectly hidden depression or wanting to help in some way so that others wouldn't have to live the life that they are living. During one interview, in fact, I was laughing a bit, describing the difficulty of trying to get my ideas published. The woman I was talking to, again, who had written me because she experienced PhD, she'd been very calm and engaging, and suddenly I heard her voice crack. I realized she was crying, and she said, Please don't give up. I've worked with too many people like Casey and Jordan and Robin to give up because you see by now people are actually coming to me as patients in Arkansas to talk about their perfectly hidden depression. Their real stories need to be heard. Their wounds need to be healed. In fact, in an upcoming episode, I'll discuss a treatment or healing guide that I'm building right now as I write a book on perfectly hidden depression. So if you experience this yourself or love someone you suspect does, please listen in because there are specific goals for someone with PhD that I'm going to identify and discuss. And in fact, if you found yourself thinking or saying things like Casey or Jordan or Robin, please write to me at AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretBrotherford.com. It is totally confidential. In fact, all the stories above, I've changed the names shifted things around a bit so no one would know who these people are. I believe it's vital that the therapeutic community understand that depression doesn't always look depressed. We need to reach out, ask better questions, ask deeper questions, and not believe the smiling face in front of us is simply tired. I'll look forward to hearing from you if indeed you experience perfectly hidden depression and would like to be part of my research, or would simply like to tell someone. So here's today's email from a listener. I recently stumbled upon your perfectly hidden depression information on Pinterest, and I immediately realized it was describing me. I took your questionnaire and answered yes to every question but two. Honestly, this information comes at a perfect time in my life. I'm completely lost right now and don't know how to start the journey to healing. However, reading your website and listening to your podcast has shed some hope on my life. I just had my 27th birthday and bought my first house with my amazing boyfriend this summer. Again, here are all her blessings, right? This fall, I started pursuing my master's in special ed while also starting my second year teaching at a high-behavioral, low-income school, which means there's a lot of stress and a very traumatic environment. Well, this year has been unbearable. I almost quit last week because my anxiety was so bad I was having panic attacks at work and felt like I couldn't go on. Work has graciously given me a temporary leave until after the holidays to get back to health. Before this point... I'd completely thrown myself into my work. I wouldn't go home until late, and once at home I would obsess over the students or something that might go wrong. Danger seemed to be lurking around every corner. I couldn't eat or sleep and started using marijuana just to be happy and have an appetite or sleep for a little. I've never used marijuana before this, but now I use it daily to escape anxiety or feel something. Then out of nowhere, I started having intense suicidal thoughts. And she capitalizes this, never in my life have I felt this way. But now, it's a weekly, if not daily thing. I constantly beat myself up. I have a lot of past traumatic experiences and have never gone to any therapy. I did what you say PhD people do and compartmentalized all of it. I'm also horrible with conflict. Any type, even if not directed completely to me, leaves me shaking and nauseated to the point of vomiting. I guess I don't know why I'm emailing you. I'm just hoping you'll give me some direction. Should I start medication? What kind of therapy should I get? I just want to get back to helping my students and not laying in bed like some lazy person. There again is the discounting of the pain. You can hear it. So I said, hello, please pay attention to what your mind and your heart are telling you. That trauma you have from the past needs care and attention. It's wonderful that you've been able to function so well, yet you haven't healed from the inside although your life has many blessings. The anxiety was your first sign. Now you have thoughts that are frightening and intense. You're not sleeping well, and sleep deprivation can also be a serious problem. I would definitely recommend therapy with someone who has experience with the kind of trauma or abuse you've experienced. Tell him or her about reading about perfectly hidden depression so they won't buy into what you look like on the outside. And it's not laziness you're experiencing, It's depression. It's likely exhaustion from trying for years to suppress what happened to you. It's also likely that you're getting triggered by the intensity of the problems of the children around you. Whether or not you need medication would be up to whomever you seek treatment from. You can talk to your family physician for a referral or perhaps your own program might have suggestions. But please seek help. It's amazing to me that people can have trauma in their lives and have handled it really pretty well or suppressed it, denied it, compartmentalized it. And again, that's an ego skill and an important one for many of us to have. It's not bad in and of itself. It's only unhealthy when it's overutilized. But as I said, I imagine that this young woman is getting triggered because of the trauma around her. I often see that, for example, when people are rearing their own children And right about the time where their children reach the same age they were traumatized, they will begin to have much more trouble with their painful emotions. It's almost as if your mind remembers that time and is bringing that pain back to you so that you can heal from it. But it can look like panic. It can look like being upset over things that you usually aren't upset over. It can even mean having thoughts about your life ending. If any of this is triggering any of you as far as your own thoughts about hurting yourself, please know that I have the suicide hotline in the show notes. That number is 1-800-273-8255 here in the United States. But you'll also be able to find that number in the show notes. Please remember, if you reach out, if you tell someone about how you're really feeling, then you can get help. Thanks for listening today to Self Work. I can't believe we're starting on a whole new year. This is so exciting. There are plenty of ways that you can reach out to me. Again, I've already mentioned my email, askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com. My website is drmargaretrutherford.com. That's original. (laughs) Wherever you listen, I'd love it if you leave a rating, a review. I do have to explain something. On iTunes, there is now my last review looks like I wrote it because I had a listener write me and say she tried several times to leave a review and there was something wrong. So I copied it and then wrote it myself and thought, oh my gosh, this looks like I'm, <laughs> I'm reviewing myself, but very positively. So, <laughs> oh goodness. But I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review. You can remain anonymous if you like, or leave a rating, or just tell a friend. That would be wonderful. And you can subscribe, both here at the podcast, or you can come over to the website and subscribe there, and you'll receive not only my weekly podcast, but also a blog post. Subscriptions mean so very much. So we're off to a new year. Thanks so much for being a listener. Take very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret, and you've been listening to Self Work.